0: Coming to you from the deep and weird and ADHD-fueled recesses of Marshall Lichty's neocortex, this is JDHD, a podcast for lawyers with ADHD where we talk about, finally, getting stuff done. We help you optimize your law practice, your business, your life, and your brain. We hyper-focus on ideas, tips, and tricks for every lawyer with ADHD, whether they know they have it or not. And now, your host... A guy who once held someone's fake eyeball in his palm, Marshall Lichty. Hello, everyone. It is Marshall.
1: I'm a lawyer and I have ADHD. Thank you so much for being here today and happy new year and happy holidays. It's 2020. This is JDHD. It's a podcast for lawyers with ADHD. There are tons of us out there. And so if you're new here, welcome. Listen, I want to give you a quick update on JDHD. First of all, it's hard and it's imperfect, but it is live. I have episodes up. I have a bunch more in the can. You know what, though? I'm a perfectionist, and I'm trying to make them perfect, and I just got to go. So I'm going to launch some uh, great episodes this year uh, in the coming weeks, and I'm super excited about it. I've been having incredible conversations. I've been talking with Sam Glover at Lawyerist. I have been talking to Ned Hallowell. Uh, on his podcast, Distraction. I have been having conversations with real live lawyers all across the country. In fact, all across the world who have ADHD and who are interested in building a community with us. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being a new subscriber and for showing me vulnerability and curiosity. Listen, I want to talk about this episode because it is insane. I can't believe this. I don't know how to say this without it sounding like a humble brag, but My goal was to have this interview sometime in my first 100 episodes. I am so thankful that I got to chat with this next guest. He is literally the godfather of ADHD himself. He graduated from Harvard undergrad. He is a psychiatrist with incredible credentials and has dyslexia and ADHD and uh, some of his own uh, imposter syndromes and all of the things that we talk about here. But in 1994, he wrote a book called Driven to Distraction, and it is literally the Bible for people with ADHD, particularly adults. He has written 21 books now, including Driven to Distraction and Delivered to Distraction. He has a podcast called Distraction. I am so thankful that I had a chance to talk with Ned Hallowell. Listen to the episode. Here it comes. Dr. Ned Halliwell, thank you so very much for being here on the JDHD podcast. We really, really appreciate it.
2: Well, it's my pleasure to be with you.
1: Well, so I've heard you called uh, in various circles the Godfather of ADHD, and I don't know how you take to that uh, phrase.
2: Oh I'm 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 honored by it. I any any comparison to Marlon Brando I'll be happy to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've been doing it forever and ever, right? As I recall, uh very early on in your training uh for psychiatry, you uh, attended a lecture and learned of ADHD and the wheels started turning.
2: Well, the, of course the real answer to that question I've been doing it for as long as I've been alive, which as of today is 70 years. So so you, you might say my training began 70 years ago, but my my formal training, the, the kind that really is not nearly as important as real life training, was indeed in 1981 when I was a fellow in child psychiatry at Mass Mental Health Center, which is a teaching hospital of the Harvard Medical School. A, a professor, Elsie Freeman was her name, I'll be forever indebted to her, gave a talk about this condition that I honestly had never heard of. I'd heard of it during my adult residency in reference to some patient and some resident came in and said, you know, this guy might have minimal brain dysfunction in adults. And he gave me a paper from Mass General about MBD in adults. And and so that was the sum and substance of my, my exposure to this condition, which in fact did used to be called minimal brain dysfunction.
1: Isn't that but, something?
2: Yeah, but when... Uh, When Dr. Freeman gave her talk, uh, the condition had been renamed Attention Deficit Disorder. Uh, The hyperactivity hadn't been stuck into the name yet. Uh, So I learned it as ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder. And uh, as she began to read the symptoms, um, I had this great aha moment, maybe the single greatest aha moment of my life uh, in terms of of epiphany, Uh, namely... That I had it, but at the at the same time, I also realized, uh, which I'm continuing to emphasize, that the medical model, the model in which I was trained, uh, slanted it entirely in the direction of pathology. So, so you were told you had this condition, but you were told it in a, in a in a mouthful of polysyllabic pathologies, attention deficit disorder, now attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And I knew that wasn't true. uh, Because I mean, I'd gone to Phillips Exeter Academy, which is a very rigorous high school up in New Hampshire boarding school. And then I'd gone to Harvard, uh, which is a pretty, pretty good college in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Then I'd gone to Tulane Medical School, a, a wonderful medical school down in New Orleans. And then back to Harvard for a residency, internship and residency in, in, in psychiatry. And and so I knew I, I was not the uh, uh, deficient, uh, disordered, disabled. Yes, I faced challenges, which everyone does. Uh, I, also, I also knew, I'd known this for a long time, that I was an incredibly slow reader. And, and I have dyslexia, which is another condition that's misunderstood because the upside of d- dyslexia is talent with words. And in fact, I majored in English at Harvard and, while doing pre med and graduated with high honors. And I've just finished my 20, writing my 21st book. So, and I'm small potatoes compared to someone like Winston Churchill, who also had dyslexia, or John Irving, one of our great novelists who has dyslexia. So, so, <clears throat> you know, people with these two conditions, ADD, ADHD, and dyslexia, both of which I have. I knew for a fact uh could do very well in life and and so it became my mission back then in nineteen eighty one and continues to be to this day in two thousand nineteen almost two thousand twenty um, to teach the world uh what it needs to know that these condition conditions managed properly are tremendous assets and and in my career i've been In practice, since I graduated from that fellowship in 1983, in my now long career, uh, I have not been treating disabilities. I've been helping people unwrap their gifts. And that shift in emphasis is tremendously important, because if you believe you're unwrapping a gift, unearthing a talent, promoting a strength, your attitude is 100% different than if you think you're getting some disability fixed. And, and that shift in enthusiasm emphasis makes all the difference in the world. And it also happens to be true. It's not like I'm, 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 I'm blowing smoke. It's not like I'm pretending that there are talents embedded in this condition. It, it, it's easy to prove. I can just line up millions of people who have it who've done unbelievably well. But it's also important to know that if you don't manage it properly, it can be a disaster. Life with ADHD, as it's now called, can be living hell if you don't know how to manage it properly. And and so my life, uh, professional life, has been devoted to helping people learn how, first of all, to identify it, to name it. Second of all, to not be afraid of it, to embrace it. And then third of all, to extract the positive from it and minimize the negative.
1: Well, and I, that is what has resonated with me from the moment I heard of you and listened to the podcast for the first time and and read the book, um, is, is this idea of unleashing some potential rather than, uh, simply managing some symptoms that might otherwise be a bit pathological. So let so let's, I, I want to look at this from the angle, first of all, of your next book, which I understand is coming out next year sometime and you call it vast as if, uh, uh, the name that we have labeled this thing with hasn't been wrong enough for long enough.
0: We're now proposing <laughs> that
1: we finally get it right. And so you've talked about the misnomers around ADHD and you don't think ADHD is right. You haven't thought that ADD was right. You didn't, uh, right. of course, think that minimal brain dysfunction was right. right. You've right. you've called right. it maybe the entrepreneur's trait. Uh, you've, you've talked about some other yeah. things too, but but the idea of VAST, the variable attention <laughs> stimulus trait, to me is so mesmerizing. And I want you to talk a little bit about the book that you wrote with John Ray T that's coming out next year uh, and why you think that ADHD is a completely inaccurate and misleading term and why VAST is a better one.
0: You're listening to JDHD, a podcast for lawyers with ADHD with Marshall Lichty.
2: Well, just look at the term attention deficit. It's not a deficit at all. It's an abundance of attention. The challenge is in controlling it. If, if it were a deficit, it would be a form of dementia uh, or a form of um, a sleep disorder or or some form of um, impaired consciousness, which it absolutely is not. So right, right off the bat, the word deficit is not only insulting, but, but it's wrong. I don't mind. If, you know, we have to call a spade a spade. And, and And if the thing is, in fact, a deficit, call it a deficit. But it isn't. It's an abundance of attention. We who have this trait have a ton of attention. The, uh, the challenge we face is how to control it, you know, because uh, boredom is our kryptonite. The minute we're bored, our attention darts off somewhere else. And, and if we're in the middle of taking an exam or listening to a lecture, we miss everything. So, so deficit is wrong. Then the next word, hyperactivity, is often not present at all. And, and, and even when it is <laughs> present, uh, it overlooks the positive side of it. You know, I'm turning 70 today. I'm really glad to have that. It's called energy, you know, and 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 that's the that's the the positive embedded in this negative phrase hyperactivity, and then disorder. Well, it's not a disorder because there are so many positives that go with it. Um, uh, yes, it can be it can be disabling, but it also can be incredibly. Uh, enabling, incredibly positive. So the, the the term, the only legitimate word in the term is attention, because yes, uh, yes, uh, attention is impacted in, in this in this syndrome. So uh, then I came up with, actually, it wasn't me. It was a woman in one of my lectures at the Cape Cod Institute a couple of years ago who works for uh, San Francisco Public Television, and uh, Carrie Freeble is her name, and she came up with, she said why don't you call it vast variable attention stimulus trait and i just loved it i said you nailed it that's i've been looking for this for so long it's perfect because you you put in the two key elements the our, our constant search for stimulation and and our constant need to control attention and then and then you put in the the adjective variable which is absolutely the case it, it's varying and then you nail it with trait because trait uh Says, you know, this is neither good nor bad. It's like being left-handed or right-handed. It'd be like being having blonde hair or or brown hair. You know, it's a trait, and what you do with it turns it into something you like or don't like. And and so, and so, now I have no illusion. Believe me, the DSM is not going to rename it.
1: The ac- the <laughs> academic
2: circles are not. I was gonna, curious uh, about
1: your prognostication. Uh, there, uh, no, 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 I have I have
2: no illusions <laughs> about that. They they will scoff at it and they'll say, "Oh, there goes well off." on one of his wild goose chases. But the fact is the, the, the population is with me on this. It's, it's not a wild goose chase. It, it's, a, it's truth. And, uh, you know, my term is a whole lot better than attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for the reasons I just pointed out, uh, you know, and, 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 and renaming it variable attention stimulus trait will be a whole lot more helpful to the children and adults who come to see me who don't want to leave my office being just told they have a deficit disorder, for goodness sake, when they don't. It would be yes. one thing if they did, but they don't. And so they will be much more motivated to get the help they need if they're working on something called VAST than if they're working on something called attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, That's which right. is just a mouthful of pathology. And
1: Well, I I love that about uh, the way that you talk about ADHD and, and VAST partly because I know that you are an educator about these things. And a lot of times the way that you educate is through metaphor. And one of the metaphors I heard uh, in Philadelphia at the International ADHD Conference was this idea that living with ADHD is like playing a really, really difficult musical instrument. And that metaphor for me was really powerful. And it hits on what you just said, that when you are given an instrument with a desire to play it, and you know that it's difficult. You are motivated to master it because you know uh, the the sound that a violin makes uh, by someone not prepared to wield it is is god awful. Uh, but my goodness, when you have mastered it over years and years, uh, the music that it makes is is some of the most beautiful in the world. So, I, I I think that that reframing is critical for all of us. And I love that you've.
2: Well, I I love that you picked up on that particular metaphor or analogy because. Uh- Uh, You know, I I do make many analogies. I've called this condition, it's like having a race car for a brain with bicycle brakes. And I'm a brake specialist. I've I've said it's uh, like Niagara Falls until you build a hydroelectric plant. It's just a lot of noise (laughs) and mist. And and I'm in the hydroelectric plant business, so then you can can light up the state of New York. But the musical instrument is one that uh, I particularly love because it does uh, It does imply both the beauty that can come out of it, but also the work it takes to make the music. So this gift does not unwrap itself. You know, it, it really doesn't. I mean, I didn't become a published author just by snapping my fingers. I had to work really hard starting in grade school. and And I knew in fifth grade that I liked words. But boy oh boy, I had to learn grammar and learn Latin and learn rhetoric and learn, you know all the all the techniques that go into becoming a writer. And most of all, I had to write. I had to write and write and write and write. And and where I really learned writing at Exeter, that was what they had us do. They they didn't teach writing so much as they told us to write. And by writing you learn how to write. Then when someone Uh, marks it up with a red pen, and then you go back and edit it. And so a lot of work went into my becoming a writer. Well, similarly, if you want to take your ADD and make music with it, as opposed to screechy, scratchy sounds, like someone who doesn't know how to play a violin, you have to work at it. And we do, we do have to work at it. You have to uh, practice and and, uh, hone your skills and you know, there's some things we're bad at, like being on time or getting organized or, you know, staying on track when something gets boring. And and you have to work at that because you got to you got to learn how to play your scales and read the music uh, uh, to, to make the beautiful sound that uh, a good violinist can make.
1: Well, let's let's carry it on and carry it forward a little bit to talk about uh, the folks that I talk to every day. I talk to lawyers with ADHD and I talk to lawyers with ADHD, whether they know it or not. And let me, I I just want to feed you a little bit of information so that uh, we can frame up um the way that we talk about it because there's there's data out there that it, that are important to this discussion you know we know that lawyers have an extraordinarily high rate of anxiety and depression substance abuse alcoholism addiction suicidal thought divorce a whole bunch of pathology. We have done very little to explore. Just, lo-
2: just, like, just like doctors, by the way. Indeed.
1: Indeed. And, and that's why yeah, I think it's yeah. so fascinating to hear about you and your practice and to hear about you and your own ADHD. These are things that are real in our profession. We also have lawyers self-identifying at 12 and percent of the number of folks who self-identify as having ADHD that are lawyers is 12 and percent.
2: Wow. And that's self-identifying. So you could probably multiply that by three to get the real number.
1: Sure. And that goes to the statistic that 80% or so of adults are not diagnosed with ADHD, even though they're walking around and they have it. Uh, It's complicated indeed by uh, the fact that folks who are smart tend to be more difficult to diagnose because of uh, their ability to cover up some executive dysfunctions uh, that might otherwise show up. And so, you know, here we are with this group of people with, um, you know, compulsive behaviors and addictive behaviors and a whole bunch of things that make it hard to diagnose, not to mention the stigma of licensing and the concerns about credentialing. (laughs) Where are we when it comes to unlocking this vast potential in lawyers with ADHD to help them contribute in the ways that they know they can, but they haven't?
0: Our website, thejdhd.com, makes this podcast possible. Sign up for a completely free 10-day email course, introducing you to ADHD for lawyers at thejdhd.com slash course.
2: Well, it, 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 your podcast, I think, will go a long way. It, 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 it's a matter of how do you bring good news to someone uh, who is not ready to hear it? And uh, your population is not ready to hear it for the same reason doctors aren't and, and other professionals aren't. They don't know what it is. And what they do know or quote unquote know is, is wrong. They, they think it means you're stupid or they think it means you're unreliable. They think it'll ruin their career, they think they have to keep it secret from the Bar Association, they think they, their patients won't, who wants to see a law, an attorney who's got ADD? Gee, uh, that's the worst thing in the world, right? Um, you know, same thing. You know, who wants to go to a surgeon who has ADD, that's the worst thing, right? Well, a lot of surgeons have it, uh, and a lot of trial attorneys have it. The Reason being, people with ADD are drawn to high-intensity situations. Well, what is more high-intensity than an operating room or, or a courtroom, uh, both the crucibles of, of high intensity. And, and so you'll find a lot of people with VAST or ADHD there. But these folks don't want to hear the good news because they think it's bad news. They think they think it's their dirty little secret. Or they just deny it altogether and say, I don't have it. And the reason that's such a shame is they're, they're costing themselves the quantum level Of improvement in their life that they could get if they embraced the diagnosis and got the right help. I mean, this is a condition, once you get the diagnosis, your life can only get better. Uh, The treatments we have can only lead to improvement, only lead to improvement. So, you know, and I could spend all day telling you stories of, of professionals who just uh, who told me to go jump in the lake at first and then and then uh, they now send me christmas cards they 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 love me they and it's not me they should love really it's it's the message and the message is so empowering and you know and it's by the way not only do their legal careers take off or their medical career or whatever career take off their relationships get saved they go from on the brink of divorce to falling in love again they go from being a terrible father or mother to being a wonderful father or mother. They go from being a completely unreliable friend to being a wonderful friend.
1: Doctor, I don't like to focus too much on the negatives. Uh, again, without being naive, I like to face them head on. Um, mm. I'm going to ask you a two part mm-hmm. question, though. So uh, one of them is what is you, you talked about the costs and the benefits. What What are the costs for folks who pretend like they don't have ADHD or they pretend like it doesn't exist? What do some of those costs look like? And maybe you can hit that quickly. Well,
2: well, right at right at the right at the top, uh, Russell Barkley's most recent statistic. He's one of the great researchers in the field, and and really, if you want to know any numbers, call Russ Barkley. He's a prince of a human being. Anyway, his uh, research shows that this condition, undealt with, knocks about fifteen years off your life. Fifteen years due to all the various problems people with ADD encounter. Now, what are those problems? Well. Um, addiction is about 10 times higher, 10 times higher, uh, 10 times. Depression is much ho- higher. The suicide rate is higher. Um, absenteeism from work is higher. Divorce is higher. Uh, the prison population is full of people with undiagnosed, untreated ADD, violent behavior, car accidents, uh, violent crime, all kinds of problems with lying. People with ADD lie. They don't call it a lie. But they don't tell the truth, not because they're malevolent, not because they're they're they have no conscience, because they forget, they overlook, and they resort to subterfuge. so they're they don't pay their taxes, they they don't file on time. They make all these kind of mistakes that come back to haunt you, and they get bitten in the butt. Uh, and then they just chalk it up to, well, I'm not disciplined enough, all the things they've been told since first grade. I need to get my act together. I need more discipline. And then they get down on themselves. I say, I guess I'm just a loser. And they get depressed and they start drinking or using drugs and they start failing. It, you know, it's a downward spiral. And it's a terribly sad story. What makes me just want to scream is it's completely avoidable. If you get the diagnosis and get yes. the treatment, that horrible negative story of Sturm and Drang can turn into a, an absolute... It's Christmas carol of joy and laughter and uh, new birth. I mean, truly, uh, this diagnosis. I, uh, before I became a psychiatrist, I was thinking of becoming an obstetrician. Well, I, I feel like I am one. I, I, I deliver new life every day in my office by making this diagnosis and and uh, offering uh, offering treatment. It's such good news. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there isn't a downside. I just told you the downside. It's horrible. It it can it can ruin your life and and just make life a living hell. If you don't know what's going on, oh that's so sad because this living hell is get out of a bull. You don't have to live in it. Uh, you don't have you 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 don't have to suffer.
1: Get out of a bull.
0: I like that. Let's make ADHD easier. Law is hard enough. You've talked about treatment, and,
1: and I think I think the way I want to wrap up, and maybe we'll move into it shortly here, but, but before we do, um, you've talked about treatment starting with education, right? It is literally about the first building block is learning what this thing is and demystifying it so that you understand what those challenges that need to be overcome and can exactly. be overcome are so that you can unlock exactly. that potential. And so um, speak just very briefly about the... When you get treated, um, does it tend to start with someone like you, a psychiatrist, or can it start anywhere else in the world? Well,
2: you're absolutely right. The first step is education, and sometimes it begins by reading one of my books. You know, sometimes it doesn't begin with a professional at all. They read uh, Driven to Distraction or Delivered from Distraction, and they have, and I've, I've heard this hundreds if not thousands of times, they start crying. They say, my God, how does this person know me so yes. well? Has he been living with me? I mean, you know, yes. because in those books, I really drill down into the granular details of everyday life and uh, far more than the stupid list of symptoms in the DSM, not to say it's stupid, but it's very reductionistic <laughs> and it doesn't get to the meat of it all. And, and so in those books, I really uh, I really flesh it out. And, and these people, men, women, children see themselves so vividly. And they see themselves portrayed in such a sympathetic way with, with answers attached to this is what to do. And so often the, 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 the treatment, if you will, begins simply by reading a book. Uh, or, or or talking to someone who understands it.
1: And I'm going to drop those uh, in the show notes. I will promote them everywhere in the entire world because that has been the experience that I have had and the experience of folks that I have spoken with about my ADHD and about uh, what it looks like to start getting treated for ADHD yeah. as an adult. Um, I will, you know, Driven to Distraction and then Delivered from Distraction are two extraordinary books. Um, and, and if you have a hard time reading them, right. listen to them on audiobook. They're available right. there too. So what? we'll We'll drop those in. Um, But I think, doctor, I want to be respectful of your time, especially here on your birthday. We're very (laughs) thankful for you. Um, And uh, I I think maybe the best way to talk about um, all of the positives literally is to point people to your entire body of work. uh, Those books, the writing that you have done online, uh, the new book that is coming out, because uh, I know that you believe it in your core that this is a strength. And I do, too. And
2: but I should I want I, I just want to add to that which I really appreciate your saying, but uh, my even greater achievement, if you want to call it an achievement, uh, you might as well, is the 30-year marriage that I've had to the most wonderful woman in the world. I couldn't have even begun (laughs) to do any of it without her. And the amazing three children, we've we've had Lucy, who's 30, and um, uh, Jack, who's 27, and Tucker, who's 24 uh they all inherited my ADD and they all are thriving and and uh i often tell people i have achieved my life's most cherished goal which is uh with sue leading the way my wife to give our kids the happy childhood i didn't have and and it it's just uh again today is a special day cuz i'm turning 70 but it that that is the that is what i'm most proud of and and i couldn't have done it Without understanding my ADD, I couldn't have done it without knowing why I am the way I am and what to do about it. If I just relied on chance, I would have flubbed up uh, over and over and over again.
1: Well, I have a quote sitting in front of me that is resonant. The key to a happy, successful life is to pair up with the right person and find the right job so you can work in your sweet spot. And that, if I understand you, Dr. Hallowell, uh is is a pretty pretty clean and tidy way uh to describe uh your your perspective on this vast potential that we have with ADHD. Absolutely. Uh, and, the, and the way that you bring it to us is is really critical. Say so I have one favor to ask uh as we close. Yeah. I have a listener, uh, her name is Liz, and she has a question for you. Okay.
0: Hi, Dr. Hallowell. This is Liz. My question is, what is one thing that you wish the world would know about adults with ADHD?
2: That if they will take it seriously and learn about it, it can change their lives dramatically for the better.
1: I think that's great. And I think it's a really clean place to finish up. Dr. Hallowell, uh, once again, I can't thank you enough uh, on behalf of my family. We've we've read your stuff and we listen to the podcast, but uh, on behalf of a vast community of professionals and coaches and adults and kids with ADHD, the work that you do is important. Your ambassadorship, your role as the godfather is wonderful. And uh, I can tell all of you, find Dr. Hallowell, find him on uh, his website, which is uh, drhallowell.com. He has from a stage in front of thousands of people said, my personal email address is drhallowell at gmail.com. And he, when I sent an email to that address, he responded within minutes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I want people to know that. and It's drhallowell, no period, Drhallowell at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from your listeners and and back at you for doing the favor you're doing to attorneys. What a what a huge group of people who could be really helped in a big way. And then, of course, there's the ripple effect, all their clients who get helped, And, and uh, you know, so it's like helping the doctors, helping the attorneys, you know, the really incredibly important professions where there's a higher than average rate of, of, of this condition that I call vast.
1: Doctor, happy birthday. Uh, enjoy it. Enjoy it so much. And, uh, you know to many, many more years of living with ADHD and changing the lives of others who do as well. Thanks
2: so much for the work you do. It's a pl- pleasure talking to you.
1: So that is Dr. Ned Hallowell in all of his glory. I'll tell you what, if you liked Dr. Hallowell, you can find him just about anywhere. Like I said in the intro, he's read, uh, like I said in the intro, he has written 21 books about ADHD. He is all over the internet, including his own website, which is drhallowell.com. You can find him at distraction underscore pod on Twitter or Dr. Hallowell on Twitter. And as you heard in the episode, you can literally email him at his Gmail address, drhallowell at gmail.com. That's D-R Hallowell, H-A-L-L-O-W-E-L-L at gmail.com. This guy is the quintessential giver. He wants to make the world a better place by sharing the news about ADHD with an unflinchingly positive approach. And that's what you heard on this episode. That's what you read in his books. And you can hear it dripping from his voice. He gave us a gift on his 70th birthday and it was to talk to all of you about your ADHD. And I'm so thankful that he did it. So that's really it. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please reach out to me. Please connect with us. Let's do this together. Let's make ADHD easier. Law
0: is hard enough. Thank you for sharing your attention so generously. The single best thing you can do to support the JDHD podcast and this community is to help spread the word far and wide. Please tell your friends and your firms about it. Subscribe, rate, and review us in your favorite podcatcher. And please join our email list at start. We can't wait until next time. Let's make ADHD easier. Law is hard enough.